0: Welcome to the light of the world. This is Jerry G. Martin. With everything that's going on in our nation and in our world today, whether there are wars or famines or fires or floods, I want you to know that Jesus Christ was speaking directly to you in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, when he said, Do not worry. He said, Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. Don't worry about tomorrow. He's saying that because he's our Lord and he cares for you. This is a time for every believer to trust in God and to rely up on him to take care of our every need. The Bible tells us that he cares for you. I want you to join us today as we will be bringing you these messages to tell you, do not worry. God cares. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light. Of God's Word. The Bible says that uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You've not been remodeled, you've been made new. You didn't get an addition on to you. You are new. Old things have passed away and behold, all things are new. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? In the book of John, Jesus was talking, and he made this statement out of John 10.10. He says, the thief comes just to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. He drew a big difference between himself and the thief. There is a difference between light and darkness. There's a difference between righteousness and unrighteousness. There's a difference between godliness and ungodliness. There's a difference between evil and good. And we have to draw the distinction that Jesus Christ draw, drew uh, even more today than ever because things are getting so mixed up that people think what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right. And there has to be somebody to say, no, there's a thief. There is a devil and there is a God. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And Jesus said, there's a thief and he come to kill, to steal and to destroy. But he came that we may have an abundant life. And that abundant life begins at the point of our salvation. He wants us to live a full life with the purpose that he has given us so we can accomplish something while we're in this world and then have a place to go to live eternally with him afterwards. One of Jesus' first sermons was in the book of Matthew, beginning at chapter 5, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. But we've been looking precisely at chapter 6, and he was careful to address Three areas of concern in chapter 6, beginning with uh, prayer, then he went to fasting, and then he went to giving. And But he called those your acts of righteousness. He began chapter 6 in verse 1, he says, now your acts of righteousness. And then he be, he ends chapter 6 talking about righteousness again. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you so there are benefits in living a godly righteous life there are benefits of living a godly righteous life and what i'm noticing about the church and i mentioned this to a group of guys i was speaking to the other night um, when we look at the Word of God and the Scriptures, we can know them, we've heard them, we've repeated them. Sometimes we memorize them. But when it comes to crises and issues in our life, we act like we don't know them. Because we don't stand on it. I'm saying this is this is when you need to apply that in your life. And Jesus is going to talk about that today in terms of how to live the abundant life. And he's going to say, listen, if you know me, you got something nobody else have. Those that don't know me don't have this. And we can sing all we want to about how great God is. But if we don't have faith in him when we have a crisis, it doesn't mean anything. In chapter 6, Jesus also talks about worry and anxiety. We're going to look at that a little bit closer. He talked about prayer, fasting, worry, anxiety. He talked about priorities. He talked about investing. He talked about giving. All of it was a lesson on how to position ourselves to receive the things that he has in store for us. He has things in store for us, the abundant life. And if you are not walking in it, it's not his fault. If you're still struggling, it's not his fault. And when I say struggling, I don't mean just because you're not super wealthy. If you're still uh, anxious and still worried and still living on the edge and can't hardly make it, have no joy, no peace, that's not his fault. He already said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So I learned early on as a believer that And as a pastor, that we just need to believe that what God said, he'll do, that's what he'll do. And then trust him for it when we need to trust him for it. And we had that understanding when we started off as a church and we just began with no members but our family and we were wondering how are we going to do what God wanted us to do. We don't have anybody. We have no members. We have no bank account. We have no money in the church. What are we going to do? Are we going to start raising offerings as soon as we have our first service? Okay, we want everybody to line up and give me $20. It was nobody but Jasmine, Jessica, and Jared. And Jackie, Jasmine was four. She didn't have $20. But I said to the Lord, how are we going to do this? And God says, I already have it laid out. Just trust it and do what the word says. So we put some principles in, and I mentioned it last week, the week before, and I'm mentioning it again because it's vital to who we are as a congregation and how God has blessed us. We said, number one, we'll never ever beg you to give to God. We're not going to pressure you. We're not going to beg you to give any money to God. That's not biblical. We're not going to sell food products and other things. We're not having bake sales and chicken dinners and fish dinners and barbecue plates to raise money for God. We're not going to prearrange with any visiting ministers to come and let them raise their own offering. People have come and said, i come and speak. i raise my own offering. I said, no, we don't do that at the light of the world. We don't have pastors' anniversaries where we have the church to try to raise money for the pastors to bless us. Other churches may do that. I'm not hating on them, but we don't do that. The pastors should be compensated out of what is given through the tithes and offerings. They should be compensated appropriately without taking advantage of the church and the pastors living well and all the members are struggling. And then we said if if we're going to ask people to give at least 10% to God and trust God to bless them, our church should do the same. So we're going to give 10% of what comes in at a minimal to other ministries and organizations. You heard from one of them, but there are many around the world and in our city and across the country that we give to on an annual basis as we try to bless them and spread out uh, God's resources to help those who are doing ministry works all over the world. We've been doing that since 1994. And we have not stopped. That's a priority for our ministry. We give before we receive. And God has blessed us. He blessed us with 27 acres here. We paid cash for it. He blessed us with a building over there. We put $500,000 of our own money in it, then borrowed a million and a half on a 20-year note, paid it off in six years. We didn't sell one chicken dinner to pay it off. No potato pies. Then we built this building. We entered in in 2016. Uh, We we had a million dollars saved up by then and we put it in this project and then we borrowed almost another $4 million in 2016 and we're down to $1.6 million that we have left. And we should be finished with that if we stay on the same trajectory. We should be finished in four years. God's blessings and favor is on this congregation. And you've not been pressured to give one cent. But God's blessing is on our generosity as we bless others. He keep blessing you and we bless the church and we keep doing it over and over again. I like that. I don't like financial pressure and I don't like us having to be in any financial bind. And for uh, the years since 1994, we've not had one month that we've had a financial shortfall. That we've had to come and say, church, we really need to get some money because we got to pay for this and that. We haven't done that. We don't have to raise money for repairs and maintenance and all of that. We don't come and say, well, we need some money. we got to go buy this and that. We manage God's money properly. I know we run the risk of being criticized when we talk about money in church. People said, all the church wants is my money. But that's not all the church wants. That's all Mattress Mac wants. He's not going to give you that mattress, that Tempur-Pedic. All Walmart wants and Amazon wants. All the car dealer wants. They're not going to bless your babies. They're not going to come to your home and bless your house. They're not going to bless your business. They're not going to do your marriage or your funeral. But your pastors will But today I want to talk about how God cares and how God provides. So if you believe that and have faith, there is no need to worry. In the book of Matthew chapter six, verse 24, he says this, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He said, you can't do it. Remember, Jesus uh, always has that contrast. He said, the thief comes to steal. I come to give you an abundant life. He says, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. We are not supposed to serve money. We're not supposed to be running after it. Money is supposed to serve us. We're not supposed to serve it. And then after he said that, he said, therefore, since I'm telling you, you cannot serve God and money, therefore, I tell you, look at what he said, do not worry about your life. There are some of you sitting here right now, you are worried about your life. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at LOWCF.org. Again, that's o -O r g. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road.